So today is October, what is it, 21st, 2015. So about, I don't know how long ago it was, uh, probably close to 30 years ago, I was battling with um, uh, my teenage issues. You know, it was at that time that I thought, okay, does my life mean something? Is there significance in my life? Is there going to be something in my life that uh, has value? And it was, I was going through a difficult time because, thank you, you guys, that's perfect, fine, perfect. Uh, I was going through that time of, and I think we all go through this time of, does my life mean anything? And I wanted to uh, just end everything. And I thought, there's no way possible that I can have a good life. There's no way possible that I can see any way out of this. There's no way possible that I can be happy again. And I was about 16 years old, 15, around there, 15, 16 and I saw this one movie that changed my perspective. And in this movie, there was the possibility of changing your life. It was possible. And when I watched this movie, I thought, maybe there's a way for me to have a better life. But it, 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 never, it never changed. And with this movie... It only gave me the hope of what could be. You know, sometimes we watch a movie and then we we see it and we say, boy, if if my life were like that, or if if it could be better, or what if that happened to me? Well, in this clip we're about to see, uh, they predicted what would happen on this very night, October 21st, 2015. One of the things that I noticed from this movie is from this movie, Back to the Future, if none of you ever saw that movie. Yeah, I'm sure many of you did. One of the things I noticed is that every person wants to know their future. They want to know what it looks like. They want to know if their future is what they want it to be. Which brings us to today. Is this future from years ago the future you wanted today? Is it the future you wanted Or is it, well, I I wish it was different. And if so, what would it look like? What does different mean? Because different could mean a whole bunch of things. Now, we're in this series, Evaluating Our Spirit. And this uh, six-week series is going to help us with a spiritual growth plan. And last week, we talked about our spiritual roots and having the kind of root system that allows us to bear fruit. Tonight, we're going to talk about how we do that. What does a fruit-producing spirit look like? Or if you want to write down a title, a fruit-producing spirit. See, we all evaluate. You probably evaluated your day today. You looked at your calendar, and you said, what does my day look like today? And so you made some evaluations. But when you evaluate your spirit, and you look for the fruit of the spirit how do you do that? How, how, do you, how do you have a fruit-producing spirit? Or do you just try your very best to live by the ways of God? Or you try your very best to be good? You try your very best to obey the Lord, and you keep trying and trying, but over and over, we keep failing and failing. How do we produce fruit? And what does fruit look like? And why does God call it fruit? Why didn't he call it a prophet? Why didn't he call it a uh, uh, like uh, excelling. Why, why did he call it fruit? And how does that affect our life with him as a believer? 
And how does that affect the people that surround us? Now, we all had, at one time in our life, had gone through evaluations. We've done that in school. Remember uh, teacher evaluation week, or we called it uh, teacher-student conference or parent conference, and you sit down and you show your parents all the things that you did if you're in, you know, middle school or grade school or whatever, kindergarten, and, and the parents would come and then you'd, you'd show the things. Or I don't know if they had it in high school. Do they still have that in high school, parent-teacher conference? They do? Okay, so you're still getting evaluated. And it, was, it felt so good. Now, when you could sit there and the teacher said good things about you, it felt so good. When the teacher would say, your son, your daughter is, is so amazing, unbelievable, leader of the class, the very best. And look at all the work that they did. Look at, look at the grades and look at how they've been improving. It just felt so good. And many of you are parents. Doesn't it feel good when your children are doing good in school? It just makes you feel good. It's very honoring. On the other side, if they're not doing well, it's almost like dishonoring. And not that you're, you're, you don't love them anymore, but you believe in their potential. And you tell them, I know you can do better if you just get off that game, if you just step it up, if you don't do this. and Stop talking to her. Stop talking to him. Get out of this relationship. We have all the, all the reasons or all the solutions, but still they're going through the evaluation period. Well, it's no different with us and our spirit. We should, as individuals, evaluate our spirit. We should look at our life and match it up to the Word of God with the fruit of the Spirit and start saying, where am I with the fruit of the Spirit? How well am I doing? So tonight we're going to do an easy way of finding this out. And it's found in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, if you want to turn there to your, in your Bibles, Galatians 5.22. And as brutal as evaluations are, and as brutal as evaluations can be, it is necessary to know how you're doing. It's necessary. It's not to evaluate so that you can look better than someone else. It's not to evaluate someone else so that you look better than them. It's just a way to simply evaluate your spirit. And the reason why we evaluate is not so that we can say how good or bad we are. It's to show the areas in where we can improve as well as the areas we are doing good at or the areas we are uh, doing well in. It just helps us to know where we're at in our walk with Jesus Christ. Otherwise, how are we going to know? How do we know how we're doing with the Lord? I mean, it's like any relationship, right? I mean, if you're at home and all you do is grumble and argue, it's kind of an indication where your relationship is at. And then you sit down together and you say, oh, honey, not for it. We grumble all day. That's because you, you grumble at me. No, no, no. If we just, if we can just, you know, if we can just get along, you know, then, that way, you know, if we're going back and forth, we should just stop and pray. Okay, let's just stop and pray. Whatever it is, we try our very best in every relationship to do well. So in our relationship with Jesus, we want to do well. So Galatians 5.22, it, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, hang on, yeah, I write slow. If I write fast, you're not going to read it. Love, joy, peace, long word, patience, pay, see, when you go fast, I cannot spell, patience, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
kindness, goodness, it's capital, goodness, gentleness, no love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness was first. Let's just do this. Faithfulness, gentleness. Got to evaluate handwriting. Love your peace, strength, and because you face on your gentleness. Self control. I don't want to turn around because. Okay, right? Uno, dos, tres, tres, cuatro, five, six, seven. How many are there? Nine, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine fruits of the Spirit. Head rush already. Okay, so we're going to look at these. And you can do this, you should be doing this on your paper too. Yeah, now whose turn it is to write your turn now. Okay, go. You write that on there. And you just do a quick, this dot is not so well or could use improvement. Let's stay on the positive. I want to be positive tonight. Okay, so uh, to improve... And then here is um, walking on water. This, let's just say great. Okay, you're doing a great job. Okay? So you understand, right? So, sorry, my perfectionism is coming in. Got to color in the dots. Okay, so if you have your scale here, you put down where you think you are on this scale in love, how you display love, okay? So I'm just, this is just hypothetically, okay? I think I'm around here. Joy, I think I'm around here. Peace, peace, peace. Uh, I think I'm around there. Patience, around here. Uh, give myself grace. Kindness, okay. Goodness, Gentleness, gentleness, okay, I kiss babies, I'm gentle, okay, uh, faithfulness, faithful, okay, gotta be, well, sometimes I don't do what I say I'm going to do, so I got to go maybe 92.7%, okay, self-control, I think I'm okay, I don't go crazy and things like that, whoa, 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 that was you, chemo. I'm going to put zero on yours. Self-control. You're not even doing the thing. You better write zero. Self-control. You just made me go down. Okay, I'm over here. Self-control. Okay. Self-control. Okay, so you write yours over there. I should put sweating because I'm sweating. It's hot. Okay, so you write that down and you, you put this list together. And then that kind of gives you a mark. Okay, where am I in this, uh, the fruit of the Spirit? Because in order for us to know how healthy a tree is, you look at the fruit, right? You can tell the health of a fruit tree by the kind of fruit it produces. Hard to tell by the leaves. You you can see the leaves and it can look healthy, but if there's no fruit being produced from the tree, something is wrong. So we don't want to look good, we want to produce fruit. We don't want to put on an act, as in the leaves, we want to produce fruit. Fruit, something that does something greater 
than what the tree can actually do. The tree in itself cannot reproduce another tree. It must bear fruit. So the fruit does something. There's, there's like a result when it comes to the fruit. So with this entire area of all of these different areas, what does your fruit look like in, the, in these areas? When we were growing up, some of you would, you, you know, uh, mango. We loved mango. We still love mango. Like pickle mango, super good. But when we were growing up, we would have a mango and show you in vinegar and a lot of sugar. I mean, the more sugar, the better. And sometimes you put pepper. Some of you put whatever else, Tabasco or I don't know what else you put. Um, salt, whatever. That's why you love that. <laughs> you put whatever you want inside. I should lower my kindness now. I've got to put my kindness. But you would sit around and you would all share, right, with all the neighborhood kids. You would share the thing. And then you would pass it around and drink and take sips from the thing. And don't look all grossed out. You did that when you were a kid. You try that in the lunchroom at work. And see if that does, that does not work. You bring your own, use a fork, and, and everyone has their own. But we loved eating the mango from the mango tree. But if the, that mango tree did not have healthy fruit, we could do nothing with the mango tree except to climb it and use it for something it was not created for. You can use it for wood. You can do other things with it. But it was created to bear fruit. You and I were created to bear fruit. In other words, our life has meaning. And you have potential that have yet to be realized. It may be in seed form, like a fruit before it becomes a tree. It may be in seed form, but it has that potential. But it has to be planted. It has to do something. We can't just sit there and think we're going to produce fruit. There are things that take place. Galatians 5:24 and through 26, it continues and it says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. In fact, Paul the Apostle is speaking to the church in Galatia because Galatia, that church, the Galatians were, were pulling away from the true meaning of following Jesus Christ. In fact, as a church, they started to follow more of the law, the laws of Moses. Remember the Ten Commandments? And then they added a whole bunch more. They're trying to do good deeds. And so Paul has to write these letters to the church in Galatia and if you read the book of Galatians, you start with Galatians 1, it starts off with Paul seemingly angry or very concerned. But then he ends in Galatians 6, 11, and he says, I, Paul, write this with my own hand. In other words, when Paul was speaking these words, he had a scribe writing down the words of the book of Galatians. So he's writing these words, and Paul is saying, okay, so you guys got to get it together. It's not this way. Don't, it's not about the law. It's not about legalism. It's not about trying to be good. You were saved by grace. Don't pull away from the grace of God. Continue to follow Jesus Christ and his ways. Because against such things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things, there is no law. That's what Paul was saying to them. If you're trying to follow the laws of God, 
and not the spirit of God, then you're going to fall into legalism, performance, putting on an act. In other words, you will never bear fruit. You will look like a nice tree. And that's it. But how long can we put on that act? So Paul says, follow the spirit. And when you have this fruit-producing spirit, that's what glorifies God. And so he spoke to the church because they were going in a different direction. And so he had to bring correction. He says, no longer are you going to follow the ways of how you've been doing this, but here's some correction. And so he brought that to them. And he says, you have crucified your flesh. In other words, you're trying to do this on your own. No, you crucified that along with your passions and your desires. The things you're most passionate about in this world and the things you desire the most, you already crucified that to the cross when you said yes to Jesus. But now, if you say you live by the Spirit, which means you, you are being resourced by the Spirit, that word live means breath. Did you know that every breath you and I breathe is from God? That's the only way we live. It's by the breath of God. And so Paul is saying, if you live by the breath of God, then walk in the ways of God. Don't just pull the breath of God to live a life he doesn't want you to live. It's almost like using God just to live and exist but not do what he's asking or not become the person he's asking us to become. John 15, 8, Jesus says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. He's saying this was what glorifies God. Now, listen very carefully. He did not say this is what pleases God. He said this is what glorifies God. There is a difference between pleasing God and glorifying God. Pleasing God is relationship. It's all relationship with God. Glorifying God is what you do with that relationship. Well, I have a relationship with Jesus, so that means I'm going to heaven, so I'm good with that. Oh, yeah, I, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm set free. I, I, I can always turn to God because, because he died for me. So I can do whatever I want and then always come back to God. So pleasing him and glorifying him Right, okay, glorifying him are two different things. So pleasing is relationship. I'll just put relational. And then glorifying is it's honoring him. Just like when you're in school and you're doing that evaluation time with the teacher and, and parent-teacher conference, your parent is already pleased with you because of who you are. They love you no matter what. They don't walk into that evaluation or that parent-teacher conference saying, okay, if you get good grades, I'm going to love you. If you don't, I'm not going to love you anymore. They're not walking in with that. They're saying, when we walk in there, this relationship, I already love you. It's already, that is solidified. Your grades is not dependent on my love for you. However, you better honor me when we walk into that room. So it is with God. 
He says, this part, it's I'm pleased because I love you. I already gave my one and only son so that I could have a relationship with you. And when you said yes to him, oh, well pleased. Look at the book of Matthew, chapter 3, when Jesus was first baptized. When he came up out of the water, it was God who spoke and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then you flip a couple chapters before, Matthew 1 and 2, what did Jesus do? Nothing. He did no miracles. He didn't call his disciples. He didn't do anything great. Well, why was God pleased? Because relationship. He was pleased. And sometimes we fall on this side and we say, oh, God, is, God, is, God loves me, so I don't really need to honor him. So I can pick and choose how I want to live my life. And God says, no, I am pleased with you. I'm always, I'm always going to love you because it's a relationship. However, by this am I glorified that you bear much fruit and fruit that remains so you would prove to be my disciples. Hebrews 11.5, the author gives the story about Enoch when he was walking with God and it said by faith, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He's taken up to heaven without dying. I think some of us, that's what we're thinking. You know, if I'm going to go, God, just take me. Just, just take me straight up. I don't want to go through any pain and suffering. But he went to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. Really? That's how he, yep, that's how he passed away. He really didn't pass away. He just, he didn't die. He just went. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. So you know what was happening is God was walking with Enoch. That's what the Bible says. They were walking together. And then God was saying, hey, Enoch, how, is, how are things going? Oh, it's going great, Lord. I love you. And things are going good. Man, you know, you're so pleasing to me. Can we just do this forever? Let's just keep going. Enoch was like, yeah, I'd love to. This is great. And then that was it. They just kept walking into eternity. And people noticed that. They said, whoa, that, he was in such a relationship with God that he was pleasing to the Father. He just took him. Now, you might think, well, how come God doesn't just take me then? Well, if I'm pleasing to him, how come that doesn't work? I have no idea. All we find is that God is so into relationship. But did you know our time here on this earth will be just like that? It'll be an Enoch moment. One day we're living, one day we're going to be walking with God. And God is, God is looking for those who would leave back that legacy or fruit. That this is what my life produced. There was a result of something. God, you did something in my life. See, we're already pleased with our children. No doubt about that. But when they honor us, remember that uh, cartoon Mulan? And the little Mushu, and uh, she was dishonoring, like, dishonoring on your family, dishonoring on your cow. It was the custom to be honoring to the family. It was, it was part of the culture. And it is our culture, too, to be honoring to the family. We don't want to shame the family. That's why we have guilt. 
But God says, hang on, you're a part of a much bigger family. And so you prove to, me, to be my disciple, how? By bearing much fruit. That when people see you, they see me. That there is a fruit-producing spirit, and they see me. John 15, 16, Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. That means to stay. It doesn't just come and go. So that whatever you ask of the Father, in my name, he may give it to you. See, when he says that you would bear fruit and fruit that remains, it's not putting on an act. Our act does not remain. Our act is only there until we can no longer put up the front. And then all of a sudden, we just blow everything up. I can't do this anymore. This, this Christianity is too hard. No, putting on an act is too hard. That's difficult because you have to live two lives. You have to be one way in church, one way in front of believers, and then another way at home. And it's like you gotta, we have to change the way we are everywhere we go, every place we're at. And God's saying, that's too much work. That's what Paul was saying to the church in Galatia. He's saying, it's, it's too much work what you're doing. If you live by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. That's the best way to live. Yeah, but what if I mess up? It's not what if you mess up. It's when you mess up. Then when you mess up, you go back to that chart and you look at your love, joy, peace, patience. You just go through that. You say, Lord, I want to work on this one today. I want to work on love today. And guess what will happen? God will put you in the environment which love will be required. God, I want to work on patience. Then God will put you in a situation that will require patience. God, I want to be a millionaire. It's not part of the fruit of the Spirit, so it's not going to work that way. However, when you say, Lord, I want to, be, I, I want to do better with kindness, then he will give you opportunities in which to pass the test. And when you're in that environment, you're going to feel it come up. You're going to feel some anger. Oh, self-control, self-control. Ah, self-control. Okay, I can deal with that. Kindness. Someone is going to say a cutting word. Oh, I want to respond. No, working on kindness. It's not putting on an act. You're saying, Lord, I need your spirit. I want to walk by your spirit. I want to move by your spirit. I don't want to be the same anymore. The fruit that the Bible is talking about is that which originates or comes from something, an effect, a result. That's why God uses the word fruit, fruit of the spirit. There is a result when there is a fruit of the spirit. It's tangible, something you can see. See, spiritual fruit are a result of spiritual obedience. Spiritual fruit will never be a result of fleshly acts. Spiritual fruit is only a byproduct of spiritual obedience. Now, what God says in his word, I simply follow. And I follow his word to bear fruit. Did you know that in the beginning of time, the devil used the fruit to cause Adam and Eve to doubt God's word? Now, why the fruit? Well, why did, why did the devil use the fruit? Why didn't, why didn't he use any other thing? See, what the devil tries to do is he tries to pick God's very best and turn it into a doubt. That the devil comes to take a, a promise of God 
and turn it into something like porcelain or it's breakable. And he takes something that is so great of God and he turns it into something that is dissolvable. And when the devil can do that, whenever he can say to you and I, you're not going to do well in this area. There's no way. You don't need to glorify God. You don't need to honor him. He's already pleased with you. He died for you. You don't have to do that. Once you see that, then you begin to understand that he's after the fruit of your spirit. When he tries to doubt you, when he tries to put doubt in your mind on who you can be for the Lord, once you sense that doubt, once he's saying, just consider this, just just try, you know, God's going to forgive you. Once you start hearing that, he's after love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's what he's after. He does not want you and I to bear fruit and have fruit that remains. So he's going to come in a counterfeit way and start to say, did God really say that? Is, that's not really going to happen. You're fine where you are. Stay where you are. You're good. And God is saying, no, I want to produce this in your life because I have a purpose for you, a plan for you. And the devil will always come around and try to have his way. And God says, mm There's a result that comes out of you bearing fruit and having fruit that remains. See, living by the Spirit allows us to say to ourselves, you're the source of my spirit. You're the source of bearing fruit. It's not going to be from anyone else. It's not going to be from me putting on an act. It's going to be from you that you're going to bear fruit in my life, that you're going to be the one helping me in every single area of all of these different areas. And the devil will keep coming in. And notice that God never uses the fruit of the Spirit in a past tense. He never said, loved. He never said, you had patience. He never said, here is the fruit of the Spirit. You used to have self-control. Everything is present. Everything is now. Everything is right there. Love, you can do that now. Patience can happen right now. Kindness can happen right now. It's at the very moment that God's power is not based on what could happen or what never happened. God's power is based on what is happening. That's the spirit moving. It's right at that moment. He is that powerful to move in that moment. Where even the moment when it's just, it's at a heightened, heated moment, I just want to lose it. Yep, in that, very mo- in that very moment, it's a present fruit. It's happening right now. And you have that shot, that one shot, and that opportunity to make that happen. God says, you can do this because you have a relationship with me. You can honor me. You can glorify me. And here's what he says in John 15, verses 4 through 5. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I'll pause right there because there is a little bit more. So he says there has to be this connection. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify, honor my Father in heaven. They're going to see something. There's going to be a a love that people see. There's going to be kindness in your life. Maybe you're really good at self-control, really, really good at love, but then, oh, man, we got to practice patience 
We really got to do better in that. And Jesus says, yep, apart from me, you can't do anything. In fact, he continues, he, he continues in that scripture, John 15, and he says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. He's talking about this now, this relationship. And I in him, he bears much fruit. Then he ends with, for apart from me, you can do nothing. So let's have maybe three takeaways tonight. The first thing is to live by the Spirit. To live by the Spirit. What does that mean, to live by the Spirit? Well, it's everything you do. You live, move, and breathe by the Spirit. Does that mean I, come, I become this weird person? Well, if what you think your life is right now is normal then it may get a little weird according to your normal. But if you're saying, wait a minute, I want to live the life that God promised me to live, the life he has for me, then maybe the life I'm living now is weird compared to the fruit of the Spirit, the way God created me to live. Maybe this is weird. I don't know. We would never know unless we say to the Lord, I want to live by your spirit. The second thing is to take authority over the flesh. Take authority over it. Just take authority over it. You have authority over your flesh because you crucified it with its passions and desires when Jesus was nailed to the cross. And once you accepted him into your life, all of that, your passions, your desires, all crucified. So now you can live a life in the spirit, and take authority over your flesh. And many of you have done that already. You've said, nope, not going to live like that anymore. That's my old life. I'm going to live this new life. It's a better life. That's a weird life. This is a way better life. In fact, I shouldn't blend in with the ways of the world. On Sundays, we're going through one thought, that series. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That we're not going to follow the ways of the world. So we have authority over our spirit. We just need to take authority. Oh, excuse me, take authority over our flesh. We have authority over our flesh. And then the last thing is to feed our spirit more than the flesh. Feed, and you can personalize it, feed my spirit more than my flesh. That as we feed our spirit more than our flesh, then we're going to be doing some battle. Because we're going we're gonna to battle with the flesh part of us as well as how do we feed the spirit. What you're doing right now is you're feeding your spirit. This is part of your spiritual gr- growth plan is I'm feeding my spirit. I want to do better in my spirit. So you live by the spirit that you let his spirit be the source of life. You take authority over the flesh that when you're working in the flesh, your spirit is actually taking a rest. But when you're able to take authority over your flesh, then your spirit takes over. And when your spirit takes over, you'll see that scale continue to move up. That, oh boy, I'm, I'm getting better, Lord, in you. It's your love now. It's your patience. It's your kindness. It's your faithfulness. Imagine if we all had the faithfulness of God. Imagine if we all had, all had the love of God. Imagine if we all had the self-control that Jesus had. Well, we do have that. 
It's inside of us. It's his spirit. That when we unleash that, now we're able to take authority over our flesh because it's Jesus who is doing this, not us. We are the branches. He is the vine. Last week, we talked about the root system. Yeah, he's the vine. And when we're connected to him, we have the best root system available. We're not producing fruit, really. We're just the conduit of that vine in which the fruit is produced. See, it's not the fruit of Sheldon. It's not the fruit of you. It's the fruit of the spirit. It's not your spirit. It's not my spirit. It's his spirit. And when we can connect with him, he will give us all the resources necessary. We just have to take our flesh out of the way take authority over it, and let him produce fruit and fruit that remains. You say amen to that? Next week, we're going to talk about this spiritual growth plan and, and, and how, how we can put together some tangible things in how we can grow our spirit. Because if we fail to plan spiritual growth, then we will plan to fail growing spiritually. It's just a result of failing to plan And I pray that during these six weeks, even if you miss a week, we have it on podcast, we have it on online, we have it on our church app. Uh, So take a look at that. By the way, we started a new blog if you have our church app. Uh, It's on the bottom. It's one of those tabs. And it's just a way for us to stay connected. I usually share my heart on that. And it's called Defining Moments. And there are moments in our day where God is going to define us. But that's only if we choose not to be defeated. A moment can define us or defeat us. And it's a part of our spiritual growth. And so when you see our church app, just go to that blog. And it's a short read. I'm writing it. So it's about maybe a minute. You can read it. And the reason why I'm making it short is some of us will go to work. And sometimes we go through some stuff. And God says, I I have a word for you. And you can open up the blog and just read a quick one. It'll give you a different perspective. It's your defining moment. Sometimes you're with your family. And it's, you know it's going to blow up. You say, hang on, time out, time out, time out. They're like, time out. Yeah, hang on. Just read it real quick. Hang on, it's a defining moment. Read it. Okay, okay, I'm not going to be defeated. It's a defining moment. It's part of our spiritual growth plan. We, we must have things in place to grow spiritually. Let's pray together. Would you bow your heads tonight? Lord, we thank you for being the one who shows us what the fruit of the Spirit looks like. And from the very beginning, the devil came around and he tried to mess around with with what you show as what fruit is, something that produces, something that remains, something that can multiply, something that can, can bless others. And that's the fruit of the Spirit. You you use these things in our life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, these things in our lives not just to bless others, but it glorifies you, it honors you. So may we do this well, to let our light so shine before men and women that they may see our good works and then glorify you in heaven. We want to be honoring to you, Lord. So even with that evaluation, as we look at our, the different areas, we may need room for improvement in many areas. 
But it's not because we can't produce that fruit. It's only because our flesh is in the way. When our flesh is out of the way, people see Jesus. They'll see you. We'll hear it from our family. We'll hear it from our friends. But most importantly, we will hear it from you. That you will say, well done, good and faithful servant. I am well pleased. Because I have a relationship with you. And by this, all men will know that we are your disciples. That we bear much fruit. And fruit that remains. Not a show, Lord but a life that is resourced by you, the very breath of God. So I pray for all of us tonight, every single person here tonight. We all come with different expectations. We have different plans from you. We we all have different lifespans. We all have different dreams and aspirations. We have different goals, different passions. We all have different energy levels. We're all at different stages in life. But the beautiful thing, Lord, is we all have the same source, and that's you. So right now, Lord, I pray your blessing over each and every one here tonight and those who may be watching through our website and through our different multimedia applications that they would understand it's your fruit. It belongs to you. It's not ours. We're just the branches. You're the vine. That, is gonna, that you're the one who is going to produce much fruit and fruit that remains. For the fruit you produce is eternal. Ours is temporary. And that's why we choose to abide in you. You're that good to us. So thank you for letting us be a part of who you are. Thank you for building our spirit so that we can have a proof so that we could have a fruit-producing spirit. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, amen. Can we thank the very one who resources our very own life? He is so good. He is so good. And so for the next couple of weeks, what we have, we have four more weeks coming next week. And every week that you come, just come prepared to grow spiritually. Take something home tonight. Build that in your life so that when we live out there, people see God. Amen.